Well, good morning, Battle Creek Church. Good morning, Battle Creek kids. Let's hear you. Woo! Welcome to Kids Summer Blast. What an amazing, amazing morning we've had here with you. I'm so excited to be here, and I would love to give just a, a warm, just the, the biggest Battle Creek shout out to Barrett watching online in Colorado. Also, Debbie watching online in Tennessee. Thank you for joining us for Kids Summer Blast. My name is Tommy Klein, and I am the kids director here at Battle Creek Church. And I have the amazing pleasure of being a part of a kids team that loves families more than any other place on earth. We love our families, and we're so glad that you're here. And my wife, Jennifer, and I, we have a special place for Battle Creek Church in, in our hearts. Uh, because of our amazing kids staff and our Dream Team volunteers, but also because our 13-year-old Allie and our 10-year-old Levi both began their faith journey right here at Battle Creek Church. They were baptized at an Alpha celebration, and they continue to advance in their journey with Christ because of this great church. Thank you, Battle Creek Church. And what I'd like to do is if you love Battle Creek Church, and I know you do, and if you love your kids' team on your campus, we need to give them a shout-out right now of a huge thank you. So let's hear it right here at BA, downtown, Jinx Campus, our Midtown Campus, Owasso and South Tulsa. We love our Battle Creek kids staff. And I'm so excited that our elementary age kids are joining us here in the worship center with their parents. It's a time where families can worship together and experience time with the Lord together. Following camp, one week of camp down, we've got a whole nother week coming up. But I want you to know that right now on all of our campuses, the Battle Creek preschool staff and Dream Team leaders are providing an amazing experience for all of preschoolers, just like we do every single week. And every week in Battle Creek Kids, we teach a Christ-centered chronological curriculum. From birth through fifth grade, kids learn about Jesus through stories and activities that help us dive deep into the big story of the Bible. Every three years, folks, every three years, we walk through the fullness of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation, and a child who begins right here at Battle Creek Kids as a newborn will have walked through the Bible three and a half times before they move up to student ministry. Because that's the importance. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand. Because the importance of Scripture being the foundation in the lives of our kids means that much to us. And also partnering with parents as we raise families together. Our curriculum is designed to allow families to jump in at any time, at any age, and feel right at home, no matter what part of the Bible we're learning about. Currently, right now, we're learning, uh, we're in the middle of the Old Testament. We're going to wrap up at the end of this year in the Old Testament, and we jump into the New Testament in January. But today, what you experience right here in this room and on every campus is just a glimpse of what happens in kids' ministry every week. If you're having fun here today, then joining the kids' team of volunteers is the place for you. 
I encourage you to take that first step. Don't wait, but take that first step towards serving as a kids team, dream teamer today. Don't wait, but join the fun every day. And on the back of the connect card, you can simply check that you're interested in serving in kids. Or you can talk to your kids minister today about, hey, how can I get involved? Because together we are impacting the next generation for Christ. And that's what Battle Creek Kids is all about. I am so grateful for Battle Creek Church because they always support Next Gen Ministries. Can't think of anything more important for a church to do than to partner with parents, help them raise families. Because our kids today are the future for tomorrow. And if they don't know the truth, then when will they learn the truth? It's today that we're teaching that truth. I'm also thankful for Pastor Alex, who not only empowers us to do what we do every single week, but he is our biggest supporter. So thank you, Pastor Alex, for this amazing opportunity. Let's hear it for Pastor Alex. Now, last week, guys, we kicked off a summer parable series, and our campus pastors started that out. And I'm excited as we continue into the parable series. But last week, we learned about the parable of the seeds and the soils. Today, we're going to jump a few verses forward to Matthew 13. To the book, and we're going to look at the parable of mustard seed. The parable of the mustard seed. So if you would, let's open up our Bibles or our Bible app to Matthew 13, 31 and 32. But if you are new to using the Bible, let me give you a quick overview. We want to help everyone understand the Bible because we believe that the Bible is God's word to us. We need to understand the Bible so that we know how to have a relationship with God and how we should live in this world. The Bible is divided into two parts the Old Testament, and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a record or a history of God's chosen people called the Israelites. We read about the, God's relationship with Israel, great stories of how God protected and provided for his people. We also learn that no matter how hard they tried, they could never live up to God's plan for them on their own. They needed a rescuer. Say that with me. They needed a rescuer. In the New Testament, that's who we meet, the rescuer, who is Jesus. We read an amazing and true stories about Jesus' birth, his life, and that he is God's son. We discover that Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins through his death on the cross, only to learn that that is not the end of the story. God raised him from the dead so that we could have eternal life. The New Testament is all about God's great rescue plan for us. Also, in the New Testament, we learn about a group of people who begin to believe the truth about Jesus Christ, who choose to live as followers of Jesus Christ and tell others about Jesus. Remember, he's our rescuer? Well, this group of people were the beginning of the church. For over 2,000 years, the people, the church, began to tell others about God's great love. And today, we're part of that group. 
We are part of the church. And we're looking at this book of Matthew in the New Testament to find out, hey, how can we live? How can we better understand how to have a relationship with God? And so let's look into Matthew chapter 13, where we find that Jesus is teaching a great crowd of people using parables. Now remember, a parable is a story or an object lesson that uses something physical, something tangible, something that we can see to help us understand something spiritual. So once again, a parable gives us insight into what we cannot see by using what we can see. So let's read this together from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. It says, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. So we're talking here about two main things. And so if you would, as you came in, you got a note card with some notes on it. You have this very passage out of Matthew 13. And if you would take that note card, and if you would, please, if you would circle kingdom of heaven and underline mustard seed. Because God is, Jesus is taking the, the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. And if you also look at that very same note card, you'll see a, just a little packet of seeds. That's mustard seeds in there. There's three, four, five maybe in your packet, and they're tiny. And they're so small that you can lose them between your fingers if you're trying to hold those seeds. And that's exactly the point that Jesus was making. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, very small. Now, Jesus likely confused a lot of people when he showed up and announced that the kingdom of heaven had come near. Then he probably confused them even more when he described it in terms of something small, like a mustard seed. You see, Jesus used the mustard seed, something that the people of his time were very familiar with, and very familiar with the fact that it was the smallest of seeds. So let's take maybe a different illustration to kind of help give us the same picture. You see, Jesus could have possibly used, if he was here with us today, this Hoberman sphere to show us this small to large, this seed to tree kind of analogy. But with Jesus' illustration, he was showing us the size. We go from small to big, from small to big, just a seed to a tree. Jesus was showing that very thing from small to big, from small to big. Sometimes we lose the simplicity of a seed growing from something that we could lose between our fingers into a tree. Well, let's take a walk through the growth of the kingdom of heaven, which that's what Jesus is referencing as the seed, right, of the, as a mustard seed, and let's walk through what we know about the kingdom of heaven. Well, the first thing we know is that the kingdom of heaven broke into this world with the birth of Jesus Christ. That's when it all began, the kingdom of heaven with the birth of Jesus. And remember, Jesus is our rescuer. 
You see, the Son of God came into this world in an unexpected way, showing up in the form of a baby. In the smallest of packages, like a seed. You see, at the time, the Roman Empire was vast. It was huge. But Israel was just a small province in the middle of nowhere on the eastern side of the Mediterranean. And the little town called Bethlehem was virtually unnoticed by the rest of the world. In the most obscure of places, in the most unlikely of circumstances, the king of kings was born. So when Jesus talked about small things, we ought not be surprised. Because the kingdom of heaven started with Jesus and he had no followers. So it was small. That's the picture of the mustard seed. But then Jesus began to call his disciples who left everything to follow Jesus until there were 12 of them. So we see we went from the seed, just Jesus, and then we grow into 12. But that still really isn't very big. It's still a small beginning, right? But Jesus sent out the 12 and they brought others to Jesus and the kingdom of heaven grew. From a very small beginning, the kingdom of heaven grew and grew and it spread over the entire earth. From the size of a mustard seed to the kingdom of heaven was growing into a mustard tree. Now, once again, remember, as Jesus is giving the analogy of the mustard seed, the people he's talking to knew very well that this small seed could grow into a tree that was up to 20 feet tall. So once again, small to large, small seed, large tree, right? The beginning of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven growing like a tree from small to large. And as believers and followers of Jesus, we are part of the kingdom. You know, sometimes when we look at the influence of the kingdom, we want it to have a bigger influence in this world. So sometimes our perception of of the kingdom of heaven as we see it today is maybe small. But as we give our impact to the world, the kingdom of heaven around us will grow. We can influence the kingdom of heaven just like the disciples in the early church. When we invite family and friends to church, when we tell our neighbors about the love of Jesus, when we serve in the many ministries of the church, we are contributing to the kingdom of heaven. We are kingdom influencers. Now, earlier I mentioned that the Bible is God's word and we need to understand it so we can know how to live in this world. Well, if we were to read a bit further in Matthew, Jesus gives a very similar illustration about how we should live to influence the kingdom of heaven. And just a few chapters later in Matthew chapter 17, if you'd flip over with me, Jesus mentions mustard seeds again, but this time in connection with faith. In chapter 17 of Matthew, we see that a man is coming to Jesus, asking Jesus to heal his son. But before Jesus can heal his son, the man said, you know, I also brought my son to your disciples and and they were unable to heal him. Well, Jesus had the man bring his son to him and Jesus healed the boy. Well, this caused some questions to the disciples. 
They wanted to know what went wrong because they were working to influence the kingdom of heaven. They were working to, to share the love of Jesus through the power of Jesus, but they were unable to heal this man's son. And so they asked Jesus, Jesus, why? Why couldn't we heal this boy? And let's read Jesus' answer to them together. He says, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth. If you have enough faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing is impossible. If you would, grab your note card again. And we're going to circle faith. And we're going to underline mustard seed. So two different times that Jesus talks about mustard seed. One is talking about the growth of the kingdom of heaven. And the other one is about faith in comparison to a mustard seed. It had to be a little discouraging, don't you think, for the disciples? For Jesus to say, you don't have enough faith. But you know, in a way, when we read that, that's Jesus calling us out on our own faith. Do we have enough faith? Is our faith growing? But please do not worry, because Jesus didn't just leave it at that. Oh, you just didn't have enough faith. Could you imagine if the disciples came up to Jesus and they were like, Jesus, why could we not heal this boy? And Jesus said, oh, you just didn't have enough faith and just walk off. I mean, talk about just being, you know, dropped to the floor. But no, Jesus didn't leave it there. Jesus, he said, I tell you the truth. And whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, we better be listening because the truth is coming. He's telling us that it, is on, it only takes a small bit of faith in his power to move mountains. Now, of course, Jesus wasn't referring to like literally moving mountains. If that were the case, then I would take this vase right here of, of roughly 160,000 mustard seeds I did not count them all. <laughs> no, you can find anything on the internet and you can go by weight. And so that's an estimate of 160,000 mustard seeds. I'm also afraid that I'm going to spill them all over the stage. That would be a mess, but we're not going to go there, right? But if we could, in fact, move mountains with just a mustard seed, like a literal mountain, then let's pack our bags, let's go to the Rocky Mountains, and let's push the mountains out of the way, Right? And then while we're there, we're going to jump on over to Denver and we're going to catch game four of the Nuggets versus Suns playoff game tonight. You know, and if you're a Nuggets fan, you really need a little bit of extra faith, right? Because being down three games to none, it's going to be a hard run tonight. But you know what? This picture of faith, this picture of mustard seed faith is so much bigger than like actually pushing mountains or actually pushing a team to win game four. Jesus was not referring to actual mountains to be moved, but the mustard seed-sized faith in the right source provides stunning things to happen. That's right. A mustard seed-sized faith in the right source, stunning things will happen. We'll see the kingdom of God growing around us if we will just take that little bit of faith and put it in the right source. So let's take a look at how faith works in our lives. 
We'll use this light switch to help us. And I know many of you were looking at this life-size light switch, right? That's as tall as me. We do everything bigger and better in kids. That's the way we do it. We also have more fun in kids. But we're all familiar with what a light switch is all about. Turns the lights on, turns the lights off, right? And every day we put a little bit of our faith into a light switch to do what it's made to do, to turn on the lights. We might not be as familiar with one this big. And if you were to walk into your house and there was a switch this big sitting there, you might be a little bit concerned. But we also know that a switch will turn out the lights. When we look at what Jesus is referring to here as mountains, I feel there's two different things we can look at. We can look at a mountain of something amazing, like his disciples were wanting to heal this man's son. And they were wanting to extend the kingdom of heaven. But I also believe that mountains can be the difficult times that come into our lives. Maybe it's a hard situation at work or school. It could be that financial struggle that you're going through right now. And maybe it's the diagnosis that grabs your heart, tears it a little bit, and leaves you feeling lost. A little over two years ago, my family... We had a mountain pop up right in front of us, out of nowhere. Our 10-year-old son, Levi, he was then eight, played a baseball game on Thursday night and was admitted to St. Francis on Monday. By a Thursday, just one week after playing a ball game, we were on our way to St. Jude in Memphis with a leukemia diagnosis. There's so much that I'd love to unpack and tell you about what my family has seen God do over the last two years of treatment. But what I want you to grasp today, if you don't leave here with anything but this, I want you to grasp this, is that no matter what you go through, through the hardest of times, God is still there. Even when that mountain in front of you feels like it's a mountain range, not just one little mountain, not just Turkey Mountain over here that's just a big hill. <laughs> but when that obstacle in front of you is a mountain range, God is there. So trust in him alone. That's the only way that my family could have made it through these past two years of treatment and chemo. Is because of our loving God. Thankfully, in everything, and if the schedule continues as planned, uh, December, mid December, will be Levi's last chemo dose. What an amazing Christmas present, right? But you know, there were times. That just as that light switch went off, we felt like we were in the dark. And it felt like we didn't even have a mustard seed sized faith to hold on to. 
but we held on to what we did have and we do have and we will always have, and that is our God. Often when difficult times come, or even in the good times, we can put our faith in the wrong source. We think we can do things all alone. Or we trust in others more than we do God. Or we trust in things to get us through. But you know, when we do that, when we put our trust in something other than the true source, which is Jesus Christ, it's like when you walk over and you flip the switch during a power outage and nothing happens. You just still feel like you're in the dark, up and down. The switch goes up and down. Your emotions are up and down, up and down. But the source isn't there because the power is out. But when we connect with a light switch to the true source, that is Jesus Christ, what do we do? What's the next step? But when we put our faith, even a mustard seed size amount of faith into our God Almighty, the light of Jesus will come on in our lives and Jesus will light the way. Even when it's hard, he will light the way. Even when we don't know the next step to take, Jesus will be there with us. All it takes is a mustard seed size faith. That's a small amount. And the mountain will move. But church, far too often, we sit there holding a mustard seed sized faith. And we wait for it to become the tree. We're waiting. I'm just waiting for it to become the tree before we put our faith in action. We wait until our questions are all answered before we follow God's leading. Or we don't want to make a commitment to Christ until we understand it all. I think we can take the same picture here. A mustard seed sized faith. It doesn't say we have to be a tree to put our faith and make a commitment to follow Christ for the rest of our life. It's not a perfect faith that saves us. It's faith in a perfect Savior that saves us. And that is the truth. Sometimes we say, well, my faith just isn't enough to tell somebody about Jesus. Yes, it is. Because if Jesus has saved you, then your faith is enough to save you. And it's enough to tell somebody else about a God who can save them as, as well. So instead, what God wants you to do is start with the faith you have. Remember, based on what we're looking at here in this passage, it's a mustard seed sized faith. You don't have to have a whole lot of faith. But it has to be in the right place. We put it in the right source and great things will happen with just a little bit of faith. So here's what I want you to, to take a minute, write down and to remember today. Little faith in a big God equals huge results. Would you say that with me? Little faith in a big God equals huge results. One more time. Little faith in a big God equals huge results. See church, Jesus is telling us that our faith in a big God is what matters. We can try to do things on our own. We can trust in others, we can trust in things, but we might just be at a light switch flipping it up and down and our emotions are going up and down. But when we put our faith in a loving God 
and we trust everything in his hands, he will give us huge results. Mountains will move, our lives will impact the kingdom of heaven and others will see God's power in us. So what is God calling you to do today? Have you been resisting joining the kids dream team or other ministry here at Battle Creek Church? Maybe waiting for that seed to grow. Maybe you're a parent here and it's like, I just, I really don't know how to help disciple my child. It's a matter of taking that little seed and taking your child's seed and together reading some Bible stories, praying together, and watching those seeds grow. Maybe you've been using the excuse that I can't, I can't lead kids because I'm still learning myself. you avoided a friend or a neighbor because you know you need to tell them about Jesus? Are you waiting for your faith to be there? Or are you taking your faith and putting it in Jesus to serve the church and to change the world? Because when we trust in a big God, he brings big results. Maybe today you're wrestling with the idea of faith and Jesus. Where does this come together? I've never taken that first step of faith. Well, have you heard the truth about Jesus? John 14, 6 tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Today is the day to choose Jesus. Today is the day to put your faith in Jesus, not in your own abilities, not in others, but to fully put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Scripture tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is how we break it down with the kids. If you say with your mouth that Jesus is your boss, that Jesus is your project manager, and we're gonna follow him the best that we know how, and we believe in our hearts, and you know what? Kids do so much better at believing in their hearts than we do as adults. Because we try to factor in every other thing instead of just seeing what is the truth and saying, Jesus, I believe in you, I'm gonna follow you. But if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. What are we saved from? Our sin and our separation from God so that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our little faith plus our big God equals huge results. And today's huge result of God's power can be your salvation. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for who you are and that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. And I thank you for amazing kids staff and kids team, dream team leaders who God tell our kids about that very truth. 
But Lord, right now, I lift up that person here in this room with us and on every Battle Creek campus or online who's struggling with taking that first step, that mustard seed size faith to take the first step to say, Jesus, I'm trusting in you. Jesus, I'm following you. Lord, soften their heart to your truth. Thank you, Jesus. And friends, with every head still bowed, that might be you right here in this place. And you're ready to flip on that light switch and say, Jesus, I wanna follow you. And if you wanna do that today, if you would just repeat out after me out loud, remember if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it's not magic in the words, it's power from your heart and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And today you can know that that very faith that can create huge results is part of your life. So repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive my sins and come into my life. Jesus, the best way that I know how, I turn from my sin and I f will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, Battle Creek family, I hope you enjoyed that sermon from Tommy Klein. My name is Jeff Henry, and I host our bi-weekly podcast, Beyond Battle Creek. In this podcast, we dive into Battle Creek Church deeper than the things you see on Sunday mornings. And recently, we had Tommy on to talk about his story and the work he does for our kids' ministry. You can find Beyond Battle Creek wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'd love to have you come check it out and subscribe.